Welcome back to Life at Hobridge School, the podcast where we speak to pupils, to staff and to parents to find out what it's really like. In every episode, we'll be talking to members of the school community to hear real stories of life in the school. So let's get into this episode looking at life at Hobridge School. So today, uh, thank you, I'm joined by Tim Simpson Thorpe, an old Hobridgian and a current parent. So, Tim, I've just asked you the question, how many how many children do you actually have at the school? I have three at the school now. So, yes. You have three at the school. OK, my goodness. And you also went to Hobridge as well. I did. Yeah, I think it was early 1990s to 2001 I was there. So right through from nursery all the way through to uh, age 13. So what was it like uh, the first day that you walked into Hobridge with your first child and you took a sort of step in? How did it feel for you and what were some of the memories that came flooding back? It felt very good. Um, I mean, it was great. I At the time, I was lucky enough to know the headmistress from the pre-prep very, very well. So uh, she knew me from my time at Hobridge and time afterwards as well. And I went to school with her son. So I was given a great big warm hug by her on at the school gates, which I think a lot of the... Uh, existing parents thought who is this who is this new person turning up and getting and getting a hug from the headmistress on day one but yeah it was a it was a great first day and my daughter Alice who was the first to go into nursery yeah I fond memories okay yeah I must say people thought oh this is a very warm welcoming school <laughs> not not knowing the context behind exactly. it okay so your daughter Alice said she walked into nursery and what about you as you began to look around the school what kind of some of the things that stand out for you that have changed perhaps physically or out of the school yeah i mean actually i think in a good way not a lot has changed dramatically from when i was there um i think the school is is great i think herbridge uh, is very unique in its kind of settings and the way it kind of embraces its history and doesn't try and and be this ultra modern school i think it has a lot of traditional values um which are very good and over the years since i've left Clearly, there's been lots of upgrades, which is which is great to see. I think it's a very good thing that the dining hall has been recently done. I think that that was certainly a nice upgrade. And there's the new areas. There's a Bresden old chapel, uh, which when I was there was just was that that was it. It was a disused kind of chapel, but now it's nice to see that they've kind of converted that over the years. Uh, it's got a nice new IT centre and music hall, and it's it's good to see the kind of the the old core traditional stuff has been upgraded over 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 the years as well. It is interesting you mention uh, particularly like the IT and also the dining hall. Think, things are actually really important, aren't they? As we particularly for our for, for children today. But that's an interesting point. For there might be some people listening, Tim, who have never been to Hobridge. So if you were going oh. to describe to them, you know, what would they see when they turn up? What 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 does it sort of look like, and what pictures does it create in your mind? Well, I think from when you drive past it on the road, you have this brick wall and, and you don't really appreciate what's behind that brick wall. And I think as you get into the school and, and you get to see the grounds and, and how this old house has kind of been expanded over the years to kind of a, a modern educational setting, I, th- I think it's great. I think it's it's the mixture of the nature with, with, with the River Ho running through the middle as well. And I, I just think it's a really unique setting uh, and certainly very different to other schools out there and I think great place for kids to kind of um, grow and learn in. Okay Uh, yeah and that's such a good point isn't it is that sort of the wonderful setting of it the beauty also the practical you know the 
buildings and then the modern as well. Now, obviously, Tim, as you mentioned, you have three children at school, which obviously means you must have left the school a few years ago. So what have you been up to since those early 2000s when you said goodbye and you walked out of Hobridge? Yeah, so I after Hobridge, I was lucky enough to go to another great school, Charterhouse in, in Godalming, um, which I very much enjoyed. Uh, I know a lot of children still go from Hobridge to Charterhouse, which is, which is good to see. Uh, and then after that, went on to university in Bath, where I did a master's in civil engineering. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from that, I, I kind of took my engineering degree into kind of the energy industry, uh, working in kind of structural engineering through to kind of project management, project development roles. And um, yeah, currently working for a Canadian company that kind of converts non-recyclable plastics into biofuels, looking to kind of identify projects uh, throughout Europe and, and develop them to a point of financial investment which is really good uh, and yeah wow so just quickly so how did you pick so civil engineering because for some people they might be thinking like you know often when you speak to people they're oh yeah i did engineering and oh, i did chemical engineering or i did electrical engineering what was it about civil engineering for you particularly perhaps as an 18 year old applying for university made you think yeah that's something i'm i really want to pursue yeah i think at the time i was maths and physics were kind of the subjects that i was strong in and I, I kind of then balanced that off with a bit of design technology. So the kind of whole maths physics with with designing things came quite naturally uh, and through what through many of these kind of what degrees should you be doing courses, uh, civil engineering actually came up and yeah, I mean the idea of designing big large structures and working in the energy industry, you know, these are kind of massive yeah. multi-billion dollar things so it doesn't get much bigger. Um, so that was it, really. I think it was that kind of maths, physics, design um, mindset uh, that civil engineering was quite a natural fit. So you talked about the project, particularly you're working at the moment for your company, about you know non-recyclables. What practical elements are you yourself being able to play, or is it a lot of it about the theory and putting together frameworks? Yeah, I mean the company is a technology company, so it, it's very much can take anything that would ordinarily or previously been landfilled or burnt in a combustion engine or something uh, and the company can break that down and turn any kind of product back into its carbon form and then back into products so you know this is this is stuff that your single-use plastics you can then reuse them again so it's very um, at the forefront uh, and it's still very very expensive which is a big problem at the moment okay and so what what things are you looking that should perhaps hopefully change over the next five years maybe as you sort of bringing the cost down what sort of things are you sort of pushing into it's it's all it all needs support from governments uh, it needs it needs money putting into it it needs big companies willing to invest and say uh, i'm happy to pay extra mm-hmm. uh, to create what you'd normally get from fossil fuels, I'm happy to pay a little bit more uh, to create that from from non-recyclable waste and other feedstocks. But yeah, it needs. I think it needs everybody down to the customers. Unfortunately, I think everybody is going to um, have to pay a little bit more. But that's the only way it's going to really get there in the short term. And well, that's a good point because actually, I know that Hobridge has um, you know real heart for sustainability and things that they're doing there in education. What type of messages would you think are really powerful i mean you talk about that it's got a everyone has to play their part and there's a lot of things that we can be doing what would say your i mean if you can bring it down to like your three key messages for children today what would you like them to be hearing and to act upon i think really think about everything that you do down to recycling you know it does make a difference at home how we how how we recycle do we put things in a black bin bag or do we put things into it recycling properly do we clean plastics Mm -hmm. before we recycle them 
because all that makes a big difference because if we chuck everything into a, into one area then then that makes it very difficult for those products to be properly recycled and then yeah just generally thinking about how we go about things uh there's a lot of things we do in our company we, we try and take the train instead of flying uh, i do a lot of trips into europe uh, and we always look can we take the eurostar versus can we get a flight and i think that's important to anybody really can you can you can you get there in a different mode of transport and then yeah i think the third message is uh it, it, it is going to take a lot of challenge for everybody uh, and you've got to be willing to take some compromise in in your own life to really make the difference Brilliant. I mean, can I say I'm so impressed with those three answers and the fact that you just did that on the spot. <laughs> that, that, that is good. I mean, you know, so, so going back to thinking about actually your time at Hobridge, which obviously was, you know, a big part of foundation for life, isn't it? Particularly those, you know, 10, 10 years and things. You know, what impact do you think it's that time actually had on you as a person when you look back now? I think it's huge. I think for that kind of age, um, you know, three to 13 and maybe even longer now as, as the school looks to expand up, it creates that foundation, I think, for any child. Uh, and it, for me, it gave me a lot of confidence. Um, I had a very happy time there. Uh, and that kind of sense of achievement that you're able to achieve, I think that sits well with you because it sets you up to going forward and it gives you that confidence going into the next level of education uh, and then wherever like, you go after that. Uh, so I think for me, that was the biggest thing, having a happy environment uh, and being able to kind of grow uh, without kind of a stress or feeling pressure. And what, what are some of those memories that you treasure from your time there? Have you got any examples of moments that either helped develop your confidence or just some of those like really happy moments that you still go, yeah, gosh, that's what we got to do? Yeah, I had lots. Uh, I had a really good friendship at Highbridge and just generally feeling happy was is a huge memory. Nothing specific, but I played a lot of sport there as well, uh, which I think uh, is a great balance and maybe does help a lot with kind of that. You've got the academic side, but being able to get involved with sports. You know, I was really lucky to be able to go to Barbados uh, whilst Ooh. I was at Highbridge on a cricket tour in 2001. Just that throwaway line, just, you know, popped out to Bay. I, <laughs> I mean, you know, there's no one else in this part of the world who plays it, which is a good thing. So therefore, you know, the Antipodean countries or Caribbean is a good place to go. Okay, so you went to Barbados. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Tell us a bit more about that. I mean, that was a really good experience. I think at the time, as Hobridge, mm -hmm. in the kind of the bubble of Surrey, we were... We thought we were really good at cricket. We thought we were the best of the best. And I think... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, right. Was this, this way wipe that yeah. smile off your face? Yeah. And I think it was... We'd gone a season undefeated. And I think at the time, our cricket coach had said he wouldn't shave his beard until we lost. <gasps> so he had a great big beard. And then we go to Barbados uh, with all of, our, all of our gear, all of our sporting equipment. Uh, and it was really eye-opening at, I think, 13, 12, 13 to go and to go somewhere where... They had to share cricket bats. Mm. They had to share all their equipment. They they had uh, not the facilities that we had, but their their ability and their natural gift at cricket. They they beat us uh, in almost every in almost every sport. I think that was a really good kind of moment. It kind of makes you realise that you've had this really good opportunity at Home Bridge, but you know there are there are other ways of going about things and and. You don't necessarily need all that. It's it's what you've got in your core, really. Gosh, it's interesting, isn't it? As you say that, because it's those kind of crystallizing moments where suddenly you you see behind the curtain in some ways, where you're like, oh, actually, what we have at Hobridge is 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 quite unusual, and those opportunities. Wow, gosh, yeah, I wasn't expecting you to say that. So you know, you talked about the happy times. You talked about the great things. 
Do you also um, have any memories of any teachers and some of the things that took place when you were at Hobridge yourself? Yeah, the, the teaching staff was great and, and is still fantastic. Um, I think I will definitely be mentioning Mr. Lowry, who is the remaining teacher from my time there. Oh, yeah, so, I was going to uh, ask that, actually, yes. when you walked in. Are there any people who's like, oh, I can remember you, young <laughs> Tim? <laughs> yeah, that's the only one. Uh, I think he's the only one left from my time. Uh, but it's wonderful to see my daughter, who's now moved up to the kind of the older prep school, interact with him and uh, and everything but uh, lots of good memories from the teaching staff okay so i mean i know you've talked a little bit about how the school has changed in some ways and some of the practical elements particularly with the new dining hall the it lab they're actually remodeling the the old sort of derelict chapel and stuff like that how else do you think the school has changed as you, as you walk around particularly as a parent you know are there any other senses of changes whether it's there are element, practical elements but other elements as well you think are different about the school now as a parent you get to kind of witness a different side of it i think i've been very impressed with everything um if, i think again there hasn't doesn't seem to be a huge amount of change from when i was there you know it's very much still the classroom settings seem very similar uh and the kind of a whole school activity day i mean clearly it has changed i mean you know and i think that, that is it i mean the school ethos has always been hasn't it at the heart of what yeah. highbridge is about and you know the good thing is perhaps that, that hasn't changed it was right for the time but it's still right for the time now even though we feel that you know we talk a lot about as parents you know mental health well-being and particularly i know that um having spoken to james sean who came in and spoke to the parents and the pupils that actually highbridge has always seen that as important and even now when people are talking more about it perhaps explicitly that they don't need to change what they're doing yeah definitely i completely agree i mean the children are very happy and it's very much at the forefront of what they're doing is you know they have dedicated staff now who are you know looking after the children's well-being and that's clear that they kind of that is part of everything that, that they are doing at the moment i mean you know obviously you were a pupil i mean was it a difficult decision? Did you look at many other schools when you before you chose Hobridge? I mean, for me, 100% always wanted my children to go to Hobridge uh, and being lucky enough that I'm able to send them there. Uh, my wife didn't go to Hobridge. She she went to kind of an, an all-girls what? school. So, <laughs> so for her benefit, yeah. For her benefit, we did look around at some schools. But I think from the moment we, we, we walked into Hobridge on one of the open days, We'll look, we're, we're shown around. I think we signed up that day um, to kind of sign Alice up at the time. So I, she was very impressed just with the general feeling of the school, the academic record, uh, and just we the, the pupils that we met on the day, how happy they were. And there was that kind of feeling of happiness throughout. So we did look at others. I mean, I was always going to be edging towards Hobridge, but my wife was very easily convinced as well. Okay. I mean, that's good to hear, isn't it? Because I think it's one of the hardest things. And sometimes we have like rose tinted glasses, don't we, about our experiences and children are different. There's not always the sort of same thing. So to be able to walk into your old school and go, yeah, actually, this feels right for my children. It says so much about the school. And now, obviously, you mentioned it as well at Hobridge. You had to leave, didn't you, um, at 13? But Hobridge itself is now becoming the first senior independent school in Woking. What do you think about that? I think it's great for the school, uh, the local area as well. I think there's a quite a clear lack of those kind of co-ed independent schools at that age um, in this area. So I think it, it fits the I think it fits the gap perfectly. I mean, I think it depends on the child, but if the, if the children are happy and they're in an environment where they're excelling, then to be able to continue to do that for the next few years without that stress of moving to a new school 
I think it's going to be a brilliant opportunity to continue that education and then also maybe bring in some children that uh, are coming from different backgrounds or different schools, uh, having that able to take them to that GCC level education, I think it's also going to be really, really good. Plus on a personal level, not being able to, I think there's nothing within a 15 minute radius. So having that kind of ease of transport is is a big thing. The lives are very, very, very busy. So being able to access a, a local school for a few more years, that could be very, very useful. I mean, that's a really good point, isn't it? Is, you know, as being one of the first senior independent, the fact that there are on no other, in particular in your local area, not easy to drive with, says so much, doesn't it? But I think, you know, it's that expertise and what Hobridge has done well and taking that that forward and developing that, not having to do lots of different exams for lots of schools, because I think that's become one of the biggest pressures, particularly for young people, isn't it? Suddenly that sense of, you know, things they have to do at either 11 plus or 13 plus can often feel quite stressful. Yeah, I think I'm amazed at the hearing kind of the older, some of the older children, what they're having to go through to get into the mm-hmm. next school is completely different to when I was there. I think when I was looking at new schools, it was very much a, if the headmaster said that you should go to the school, he'd write a letter to the other headmaster and yes, you'd do exams, but that was that was almost it. But now with the amount of interviews and tests and more tests and more interviews, it's quite quite stressful for young children to go through that. Yeah, and so actually, so about, yeah, the environment around education, particularly in the independent sector, has changed, and that level of yes. competitiveness, which I think doesn't help children feeling that foundation, that secure, and the idea that they're always being tested against somebody else. Well, Tim, it's been a pleasure to speak to you today. And just before we go, I mean, you obviously as a parent, you've got three children. What have been some of the most fun things that you've enjoyed as a parent of Hobridge, perhaps in the last few years? Yeah, I mean, I spoke a lot about my children and clearly choice of school is about your children. But I've got to say, I think Oakbridge, and um, speaking to friends who are at different schools, uh, the social side of the parents at Oakbridge, I think, is 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 almost unbeatable. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I mean, I've made... Oh, really? Is this, so people listening are like, oh, okay, hello. All right, go and tell us a bit more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Having got, with three kids mm-hmm. as well, I have quite quite a big span of um, years to... to to meet new new people but yeah i'm on the parent circle my wife's on the social committee so we're quite active in terms of that side of things but there's a lot to be done i, I beginning of this month i actually organized a, a golf event with 36 dads uh locally you know we're out in london quite a lot dinners there's loads of things to be done and the, the school itself has uh, its own social calendar which is a really good really good excuse to get involved uh, and then with the kids then getting involved with other kids uh, it kind of makes your life easier um, and yeah I made some really good friends over the past kind of five years as well so okay so the community is not just for the sort of the children but actually for everybody is part of that kind of that family and that opportunity yeah very much and when you first joined how how long did it take you to sort of get into the social life I mean obviously you only had one child there at the time not very long so there is there are parent reps for every class uh, and generally in nursery it will be somebody who's got an older child so they kind of know the setup I'm one this year for nursery having got two older kids right. uh, and yeah take it very much you know very early on you try and get the parents out you know, maybe just do a local pub or something just to kind of break the ice and then it very quickly people form relationships and bonds and, and it's very good and then kind of keep that going really okay well that sounds that sounds brilliant well look tim thank you again um it's been a pleasure speaking to you today particularly going back delving back in your memories uh, for your time any uh, exciting um lines you ever had on a school report or was it always just we always written down as mr perfect 
Oh, yes, yes, very much so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Your parents are listening. They're yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I think I did probably have my school reports somewhere in this room, but I, yeah, I, I don't think I'll get them out. We'll keep them where they should stay and things like that. Well, look, um, enjoy and uh, enjoy particularly and well done for being a parent rep as well. So thank you and um, nice to meet you today. Oh, thank you very much, Arabella. That's it for this episode. To find out more, check out the school website, hopebridgeschool.co.uk. Now, the next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.